Gym sessions and sweaty summer activities are back, which means more funky smells in your clothes because sweat leaves behind bacteria that causes those hard-to-remove odors. Clorox Fabric Sanitizer products are ready to zap the stink out of fabrics in your home by getting rid of 99.9% of odor-causing bacteria. Eliminate odors in every load or sanitize fabrics between washes with one of our Fabric Sanitizer products. Search Fabric Sanitizer at Clorox.com to learn more. When it counts, trust Clorox. Use as directed. Hello and welcome to another episode of the GC Sunscast. I'm your host Shane. Joining me on the phone is Tom. How are you, Tom? Yeah, g'day Shane. Not too bad, mate. Um, oh, another loss, but you know, uh, good news with the the, the NEFL team and, uh, and and a bit of good news to share with the academy guys uh, coming up. So not all bad, but yeah, not too good. Absolutely, Tom. And it's finally here, the moment we've been waiting for all season, the buys. <laughs> yeah, we can... The boys, you know, they've been looked really tired the last nine weeks. Let, let's use that as an excuse as to why we've been losing. They've just looked tired. And, uh, you know, nine weeks has gone. Had a couple of terrible losses there. And they finally get a break. They can have a bit of a rest, go surfing, uh Go maybe go down to Byron for a few nights and uh, just enjoy themselves and come back refreshed and ready to go for the second half of the season. Because well, one thing I think... the Gold Coast Suns really need this year is a strong finish to the season. Uh, yeah. Not only does it give the boys a bit of reward, give the fans a bit of hope going into next year, but it's also a a strong indicator to other people outside the club looking at potentially making the move to the Gold Coast. Yeah, and I, I think St Kilda coming off the bye, you, you you forgive them for being a bit rusty in the first quarter, and then they came back at us for the, the, the next three quarters like a team with a full tank of petrol. So Sydney, well, we knocked them off last year. The bye could do wonders, really can do wonders, can't it? It can. All right, well, before we go any further, on the agenda today, we've got the AFLW signings. We've got this talk about Jared Ruffhead coming to the Gold Coast Suns. We have some injury news to cover, or more so why, how the Gold Coast Suns are affected so badly in performances with their injuries. And then, of course, we'll talk about the NEFL and the AFL results, both of them being a bit mixed um, all right, but first, before all that, we've got our Patreon admin to to go over. So I'd like to thank our Patreon donors, Old Soul, Jack's Dad, Paul Vosti, Tom Kim, Chris Moore, and James Wood. Thanks, guys, for your support. And we've got something special for this month. Anyone that donates um, $30 or more uh, for the next two weeks in June, I think the cutoff is the... The 1st of July, it's when the Patreon money is withdrawn from accounts. So anyone that pays $30 or more donating to the GC Sunscast gets a free GC Sunscast t-shirt. So Mm -hmm. if you haven't seen these before, they're on our Facebook. It's essentially a white polyester sports shirt with the GC Sunscast logo uh, printed in the middle of it. They're 
perfectly fine to, to wash, to tumble dry. I haven't had any issues with mine. Um, so we'd like to send them out to our fans, people that donate and support the show. We don't feel comfortable selling the shirts as they are, but uh, donating people that are willing to donate to the show and the $30 mark covers the cost of us getting the shirts printed and posted off to you. So I think that's a fair deal. We we get a bit of donation and in return we'll uh, throw some love back to our fans with a shirt to you know, show off their goods and show their heart on their sleeves, show that they support the GC Suns cast and get the word out there. Yeah, wonderful. So anyone that does donate the $30 or more to the GC Suns cast, uh, once that's confirmed, I will send a message out through the Patreon service to ask you for your size and the address to to send the shirt to and we will get them out to you as quick as we can. Alternatively, once once I've got an idea of pr- printing numbers and sizes, I'll be able to possibly arrange to meet people at one of the local Gold Coast Suns games at Metricon and hand that shirt out to them instead if they'd rather uh, meet us in person and get the shirt instead of us posting it out. That would yeah, probably might, also might save even, us a bit even, of postage as well. Even, sorry, might even chuck a beer in. <laughs> on that offer because <laughs> it'd be really nice to meet up with some some listeners because uh, we're all Suns fans and uh, and certainly like to have a yarn about the footy. Yeah, it'd be good to try and organise a, another GC Suns cast meet and greet by the end of the year at a game at Metricon. All right, well, let's jump into some of the news, Tom. So the AFLW... Gold Coast Suns side has announced some new signings. Today we had Molly Ritson, is it? An inside yep. midfielder, 19 years old. I think she used to play for Brisbane, didn't she? Yeah, she had a season at Brisbane and unfortunately a bit of injury, which you know is quite common for young players. So, um, But she's been playing on the Gold Coast for Bond. And, um, and yeah, I watched the video. I encourage everyone to watch the video because... Um, really great to see her teammates get around her for, from Bond, and um, and she's wrapped. So we've got 18 players on the list for the, the, so they could go out and play a game. They, they wouldn't have any any interchange, <laughs> but um, yeah, that's really great to see the team building and and some just really really top quality. A lot of local girls, but you know that's good because the as we know, uh, you, you know the the women who have to have to uh, relocate. Uh, you're really going to be relying on a, a culture building of, of local talent and being able to sort of, you know, get, be, become a part of the team. And, um, and yeah, another local is uh, is certainly great news and certainly um, we're celebrating that. Uh, the winter series, of course, is, is going on. So, um, yep, another another addition to that, to that strong squad that we've got building. Okay, and Lauren Arens, a key defender, was signed up last week. Yeah, and I I I, I learnt that she's uh, come up through Beanley, um, which is uh, I, I I never played for Beanley. I played for Labrador, um, but Beanley was the site of my first and only only uh, Aussie Rules goal. <laughs> I think I mentioned it in passing in earlier on, um, where I. Uh, I accidentally went to the forward pocket instead of the back pocket at half time after the oranges, and uh, and lo and behold, 
ball came my way. My my goal distance was less than one metre, but let's uh, round up. <laughs> and, um, and we were leading by 83 points at the time. But I, I read her story and I just get, the memories come flooding back. Um, and, and that's part of our zone. Um, our zone goes north of the Gold Coast boundary up to halfway between the Brisbane. So half of Logan is, is, is ours, so she's ours. Yeah, a lot of Gold Coasters won't won't want to admit that Logan's part of the Gold Coast, but unfortunately due to the, uh, the Brisbane Council... Um, Boundary. Uh, yeah. I'm pretty sure yeah, well, it does fall under they, us. They increased the speed limit to 110 going through the middle of it. But um, no, I know a lot of people from that area, good area, and uh, certainly a good, good uh, Aussie rules growing area. I mean, 30 years ago is what I'm talking about. It uh, it certainly was a new thing, um, and now uh, very strong Australian rules for men and women, boys and girls. So terrific that it's a part of our zone and to see someone representing. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, I don't have too much to contribute to the AFLW stuff. Uh, I haven't really had a chance to research into it. But I do have some stuff to talk about with our next topic, and that is the news coming out in the last week about Jared Roughhead potentially joining the Suns in the offseason. Now, they're not talking about a coaching role. They're talking more so about... Uh, an off-field role such as an administrator or some sort of culture building issue um, it makes it very interesting because mm. all the coaches we've got are signed on through to the end of next year at least yeah. so any issue that Roughhead does come to the club you would think it would be well it's going to be confusing isn't it we, we're not well, quite we- sure where he sits We sit. I think he's probably passed it as a player uh, I think I think that's been acknowledged by by his current coaches. Yeah, but but Shane, I, I don't think we can underestimate the influence that another former AFL captain will have on the young playing group. So we've got Andrew Swallow, and of course his brother is the captain. And, and I've long sort of opined that part of the reason they brought Andrew in is is, is influencing his brother because. You know, I mean, I guess if we're going to be brutally honest, um, David's probably the more talented of the two, but you, you can't question that Andrew, for a long period of time, played above his talent level with commitment, and he was a great leader. He was, he's a long-term captain at the Kangaroos, and, and they had some success during his, his, his period of captaincy. So two captains on the staff... I'd say halfway between coaching and administration. You know, like, it wouldn't surprise me if, if it does happen, and I've been a bit, you know, cynical about it in the past when it, when it, when it was sort of a, a regurgitated story to say that he was approached to be a player-coach kind of thing. But if he was playing with guys, if he was coaching part-time with guys like Goober, and even 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 right up to Sam Day, with forward craft, we've got a lot of young forwards. I know Cozzy's come in. Cozzy's a bit more of a, a ruck forward. Um, I know Ruffy could 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 also play that part. We don't know if Cozzy's going to. Cozzy is one of the guys who hasn't been locked in until the end of next year. So it could be a replacement or it could be a, a complementary thing. But on the on the player welfare side of things, yeah, I think he'd be a really inspirational addition and a, a good person to have around the club. Yeah, he definitely would. I don't deny that he wouldn't have an impact. I think our young son 
club. Like, it's not just the players, it's the club as a whole. I think yeah. they could definitely use an extra set of eyes and someone of Roughhead's calibre, what he's had to go through personally and what he's done as a captain of a, a strong football club. There's definitely stuff that he can bring over um, to the Suns that would benefit our, our players, our coaches, uh, and even even our staff, the the admin side of the club. So, I mean, that that's all well and good. Hopefully, something like that happens. Um, again, I'd, I'd hate to see it in some sort of playing role unless he was going to be playing Neeful. I think we could use the extra experience there because one of the issues with the Suns is we really need a strong Neeful side and we haven't really seen it throughout our existence. And it's it shows when the Suns 2s come up against the Sydney 2s or the GWS 2s or the Brisbane 2s. Mm. I, I, I agree with you there, but I, I don't think he personally is looking for a, 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 an extension as a player. And you have to question whether it's worth a list spot. Um, I would even go so far as to say the NEFL sort of doesn't have hard and fast rules about who you send out. The NEFL sort of seems to be a little bit semi-amateur hour where clubs are frequently sending out assistant coaches. We, we had Andrew Swallow play a couple of games for us this year, last year. Same deal. We had an assistant coach playing 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 a couple of games when we were short, so we could get we could get Ruffy, and he could play half a dozen games in Eiffel if if we have injury issues or or just uh, you know I mean I think with the Eiffel result on the weekend, it's obvious that we're much much better off without academy players, the top academy players playing Eiffel instead of top up players from other clubs. So. There are going to be times when, even if the injury list isn't incredibly long, where we could just be short and he could strap on some boots and and, and just go out there and, and, and sit in the forward 50 and, and uh, really really just show, lead by example as to what a full forward or a centre-half forward should be doing. Um, but uh, uh, probably, uh, probably adding to your comments, we now, as a club, not just developing a young group of of men, we're now developing boys and girls and women and men in in four sort of concurrent programs. So what he could offer across the board is, you know, fantastic potential there. So I, I optimistically look at it in that way, and I sort of cynically look at it as maybe the media about something because do you know what I mean? Yeah. All right. Well. That's a very interesting conversation. We'd love to hear what our listeners think of having Roughhead join the club and where they think he'd be suited best. Uh, but that's also a great segue for us to move into talking about the NEFL result. So the Gold Coast Suns, 12 goals, 678, defeated the Southport Sharks, 9 goals, 963. Josh Gore kicked four goals. Crossley and Nutting had two goals. Who was your best for the game, Tom? Yeah, well, one of those games where, unfortunately, it, it was broadcast virtually the same time as the AFL game, I hung in there for, for little little gaps in the, in the AFL game to be able to watch a few minutes just to be able to answer your questions. Um, 
Michael Ricciatelli. <laughs> Simple answer to you. Um, he had 32 disposals, nine tackles, nine clearances, six inside 50s and a goal and was instrumental. He was leading them round like a true captain. Um, I wouldn't even mind him playing after the bye in the AFL team based on that performance. Well, it starts I'd... to beg the question, doesn't it? Does Riscatelli, yeah. like we expect this to be his last season on the mm. list for the Gold Coast Suns, does he get a farewell game? Like, it, with that sort of performance in the NEFL, if he can translate half of that to the AFL side, you've got to consider Riscatelli getting a farewell game some point at Metricon. Yeah, I think so. But at the same time, he might just be really enjoying himself playing footy. He might go over to someone like like Southport or, or Aspley or Redlands and, and, and do sort of a, a captain assistant coaching type role to sort of build his, his chops. Like he, he may not, he may be finished with the Suns this year. I mean, he's on a one-year contract, so we just don't know. But the, the brand of footy he's playing why would you stop? I mean, he, he's done all this work to get back to fitness and he's now getting back to, it's a, still a shadow of his former self, but it, he, he, he's probably best, really, really brutally honest, he's best 22 for the Suns right now. I just don't know if that translates into our game plan because selection has just been a bit bewildering, but I think it's starting to take shape and he's not part of it. And he's still playing in the midfield in the NEFO, isn't he? That's right, and last year they had him in the back. So um, he's he's. But I, I, this this year's Richardelli is miles in front of last year's. And last year he was playing AFL and kind of locking down a, a medium forward, but it didn't really translate because just so many injuries and so many young players. And you know when you when you're in that position, you you can't influence games. So he'd get his. 12 to 15 possessions and, and and sort of you know break even whereas in his in his prime he'd break be breaking open games hmm. um, how was our goal scorers was there anyone that okay. stood out well we'll, we'll get, getting getting past Risha um, look Josh Gore kicked four goals he's fantastic um, Gooba kicked a goal in the first 30 seconds, which was just, you know, lovely. It was Nichols to Shear to Goober, Mark, goal. That's Suns footy. You know, that's what we should be playing um, in, the, in the top level. Um, and Goober's just one of those guys who you just know he's going to crack it into the AFL at some point. He might not be a 300-gamer, but, he you know, he's, he's exciting to watch. Um, Josh Gore, little under-18s, small forward, tough as nails, knows, knows where the goals are. Four goals and pretty much won it for us. Um, but there were some other, uh, other other names to mention, uh, quite a lot. So I'll quickly go through. Um, you know, the, the best for the Gold Coast were Richatelli, Nichols, Shear on his comeback from his hand injury was terrific. Burgess kept the Southport forward line to, to a low score. Jacob Dawson is always in the top, in the best for the for the NFL team. And, of course, Josh Gore with his four goals. But I'll, I'll add to that. And I'll make a pretty bold statement. I said in the earlier earlier part of the year that if our injuries weren't so bad, then our NEFL team would be a, a really good platform for our, our the bottom of our list to get a bit of a synergy and, and, and some gel together in their positions and, and, and whatnot. And our under-19s would have their final crack at 
at, at, at trying to make their case to get to get drafted here or elsewhere. But we had injuries, and so it just tore the NEFL season apart. And then we haven't, with those injuries, we haven't had a whole lot of A-grade players come back. We've had all of our our academy guys become available because they weren't selected for for allies, and then allies had a had a buy. And all of a sudden, we've got Ashton Crossley coming in and getting twenty four possessions, and Ace coming in and getting a goal and just looking super dangerous. And Connor Buderick, Badarick, we still haven't <laughs> worked that one out. Uh, and he was one of the best on the ground as well, and he's now being touted as as a number eleven draft pick by by um, Chris Doer, Nightmare on ESPN. Uh, all of them are great. Dirk Conan, you're probably sick of hearing about him, but he had 19 touches and was like a, a roving key position player and, and one of the difference makers in the team. So the, it's looking really good for who, we, who we're going to recruit in the next couple of years, this year and next year at the draft, where we've got academy players to, to get in cheaply. Um, maybe Bedarek won't be cheaply. We might be looking at the uh, the Lions' uh, first round pick there, uh, but still, um, great, great that they're coming on. Um, but yeah, Nichols and Shea, fantastic. If your worst nightmare is is Wits getting injured, not going to be the same. But Nichols is looking better and better as time goes on, and maybe we keep him at the club. And Shea, he's on a prove it deal, and he couldn't have had a better comeback. Yeah, well, uh, the chat's going quite nicely as well. Old Soul saying Risker, Sheer and Dawson were very good. Yeah. Uh, Jerry Stillers saying Risker over GHS every time. Yeah, George Holland smith is copping a bit of slack lately. Uh, he's mm. not a fan favourite yet, um, mm. but he, he certainly got a point. Riscatelli would probably have just as many disposals and be just as quick as George Holland smith uh, yeah, it just seems to be injury prone as well, and mm. you know, in the AFL, you expect players to carry injuries, and you kind of wonder if sometimes our players don't carry the injuries because they're being managed. But yeah, yeah, George just keeps coming back from injury, and just he's under par, and you you can't you can't expect him to come back from injury and be on fire. Yeah, so, you got the point. You know, the argument's there for sure. Old Soul's also in the chat saying Greenwall's defensive pace was really good, and uh, he thought Conan's decision making was pretty poor. Any thoughts on those ones, Tom? Yeah, and I mean, I'll admit I haven't seen the entire game from real to real, so I can't come back at that with any argument. Um, Conan's. Rumkey is hiring CDL drivers age 19 and up, and drivers are paid based on experience. Rumkey CDL drivers earn $1,000 to $1,300 per week and more than $10,000 in bonuses possible in their first year. Rumkey drivers are home daily, work in a recession-resistant industry, receive great benefits and performance incentives. Start a lucrative career and apply now at rumkeycareers.com. Equal opportunity employer restrictions apply. Not like for for those who closely watched the Neefel last year, it was Caleb Graham playing in these random roles, and Conan was typically the one playing uh, with Leslie in the back half, and it it put it, 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 it puts a player in position where he where he hasn't been before. It's a challenging thing. So I think with Conan, the idea is 
you're going to be playing a bit of academy footy. You're going to be playing a bit of knee full. You've got your last chance to prove it to us. You might, by, by chance, prove it to another club who last year there was certainly interest in him. And so he's sort of playing semi-forward. He kicked a goal last week. Um, and, you know, he's not, very rarely in the forward half. In fact, if you were to choose between Graham and, and Conan to put forward, you would norm- in the past they would have put Graham forward because he can kick a goal. He's not a great goal kicker, but it's a learning, it's a skill. So this year they're saying, Graham, we want you to, to develop into a key position defender and Dirk, you're up front or we're going to stick you sort of in a quasi midfield role. It didn't really suit him, except he kept on going in there and getting the ball. So you've got to, he's, he's on the right side of average for the game, not in the best, but certainly one of the better youngsters. Um, and I mean, he's 19. So he's, he's turns 20 on new year's day. So, you know, it's a make or break for him. Um, if he was to go back and play centre half back, he he wouldn't be that decision making wouldn't be a problem. It's it's when he's all over the ground. Uh, I've probably spent too long talking about him now, but that's that's where I'm at with him. We'll we'll, we'll see. Nefil also has a buy this week, so it'll be a welcome buy. I think we get a lot of cattle back, and uh, if we're going to go on to academy, five sons have been named in the Allies team. And, and, and they all played. So uh, Bedarek, Ace, Gore, Conan and Crossley, Ashton Crossley, are all playing allies this weekend in, for the knee, during the knee for buy. So that's double good news because those, those guys are all in form and congratulations, but they also, they, they also get to keep that form going and have, get to display it at that higher level. And Conan playing for the allies will probably play down back. Well, that's good. We should have something to talk about next week then with the uh, <laughs> Allies playing. Um, yes. Well, they're playing WA. So WA, a funny team, they, 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 they could go okay. They lost against SA, but SA are the favourites to win the whole thing. So we'll see. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be trying to actually watch it because it's the only thing to watch uh, for, for remotely for the Suns. But, um, yeah, as, just one, one, once again... Bloody good effort by the academy to really produce these these top players, and we won't recruit all of them, but we'll recruit some of them. All right. Well, it's time for us to move into the AFL. Uh, I'm kind of sick about talking about a losing Suns team, so it was good to talk about a winning Suns Neefel side. Uh, but talking about the Suns, they lost to St Kilda, eleven goals, ten seventy six to eleven goals, fourteen eighty. Now, they coughed up a 31-point lead midway through that third quarter, so that's not great again. Uh, King kicked two goals, so did Wright and Holman. So our forward line looks like it's starting to show some dynamic. And with that, I th- I was really impressed with the inclusion of Sam Day for that game. It did... Yeah. I mean, Day didn't have a fantastic game. He looked like he got around the ground great and... Uh, he had an impact, so that was great to see for him personally. It wasn't mm. a uh, uh, a match-winning performance of any sort, but it, the what he allowed the others to do in our forward line, yeah, was worth its weight in gold. Uh, they showed graphics on the Fox Footy during the game. Uh, Peter Wright in this game was 
centralised to the forward 50 and doing his yeah. job, mm. whereas previously he'd pretty much playing up halfway through the ground, up and down the wings. So it having Sam Day there allows Peter Wright to be our, our central go-to forward that can you know stick around the big sticks and kick the mm. goals. Yeah. And uh, Sam Day was also the chop-out ruckman as well. Yeah, he had eight. He was leading wits at one stage in the hitouts in the in, in the second quarter. He had eight hitouts in the first quarter, and that's when we were on fire. So uh, it, it's sort of been a bit of a, a, a pattern all year that wits will play as long as he can, and we'll have ruck dominance. And then wits goes off, right goes in the ruck, and then we lose our forward uh, our potency in a forward line. So what day contributed was King and four shots on goal, which he probably would have only had two. Um, Wright getting those two goals close to goal, he wouldn't have had the had, had the tank to, to get to either of those goals if he was chopping out in the ruck. No. And, of course, Day himself taking contested marks, spoiling, chopping out in the ruck, getting a goal himself. So, yeah, welcome back, Sammy. I gave him, a, I gave him one, one point because... He 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 influenced Wits, or rather, you know, complimented Wits, um, and Wits was able to play some of that time when when Day was chopping out in the ruck. Wits was able to play some of that time as as sort of a you know resting ruck. Um, it, it, obviously, it, it it helped out uh, Wright and King, but it also helped out um, Jack Homsch, gave him a break from marking up on Josh Bruce, who's much bigger. So Bruce, actually, if you notice, he, he had a bit of a rough game because he was he'd be going along okay, and then and then uh, you know Hobbs should be uh, you know in his grill, and then Bruce would have to go into the ruck, which is tiring as we've been pointing out for for, for right, and and then Bruce would be going up against Sammy Day, and Sammy Day would dominate him, and then next thing Bruce has got to jog back up to the forward line, <laughs> and then get, get get knocked from pillar to post by Hobbs. So you know. That that sort of worked. The question is, will it work with Buddy? Because that's the next opponent that Hompsch is coming up against. Yeah, that does sound very scary, Franklin mm. up against Hompsch, doesn't it? But maybe um, Day is is, is 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 Day and Hompsch in a tandem can 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 do some damage well, there. That, that, that's the thing. Do do Gold Coast play Day back? I don't recall seeing Day down in defence. I could be wrong. I wasn't watching the game as closely because of my eye issue. Not not really, but it was an op- always an option. But but because of the double... Well, that wasn't double teaming. Because Bruce had that had, had that role of go to chop out in the ruck, and he was getting flogged in the ruck. I think he had four hitouts or something, and Day ended up at 19. So it, it wasn't a really very good day out for Bruce. And so Hobbs was able to sort of, you know, manage him. Um, but, yeah, Buddy's a completely different issue. So do, do, do you sort of go with that? I mean, the other, the other option is, is um, Jack Leslie. We know he's capable of playing at the level. Um, but, yeah, Buddy's just something else. So, yeah, it could be a triple team. Yeah. Um, don't know. Um, but, yeah, the day experiment was very successful been calling for it for weeks and very happy to see it. Now, the other aspect of that is we went in with a three-tall pronged forward line 
Um, mm. I'm, we've been playing with that pretty much all season. It's just the personnel have been changing. changing. Uh, I mean, we've had Burgess, we've had Corbett down there as well. Uh, mm. They're not tall, tall players, but they do still have... Uh, they are playing as tall players. Yeah, and to the a coaches, degree. of course. Um, so, but I like this setup. I really do. You've got King, who I thought was fantastic. Again, just built on his performance last week. He's getting better and better each week. Yeah. And then you've got Wright and Day... Now, I thought that looked to be our most potent forward line we've had for the season. And I really think it was a... Uh, I, I really think it allowed our forwards to be more productive in the forward line. Uh, it's not often yeah. the Suns kick over 10 goals and they were able to do it this week. And it probably should have been more with 10 behinds kicked. The, a couple of players were a bit inaccurate. Um, yeah, I mean, the Saints were more inaccurate, so it balances out. Just cast your mind back to the days when when um, Peter Wright first came in and he was playing really good footy in the NEFL. So he, he got his AFL debut despite the fact that, that Day and and uh, the uh, he who must not be named were, were, um, were, were you know, the, the preferred two forwards and the idea was that, that Wright would come in and Day would be the swingman. Well, there was a game there where they kicked about 13 goals between the three of them. And this this game we've just seen, King could potentially have kicked a couple more and Wright kicked two, but, you know, he's capable of kicking kicking a bag of three, four or five. So we could be looking at, at, a, at a sort of, a, you know, eight, nine, ten goal Sort of forward line with those three, with with Day playing part time forward, yeah, and right, and and when Wright goes up the field, Day Day could go camp and have have a rest at full forward. Now the and other when Day's thing, chopping out in the ruck, we've got Wits on the bench, so we need an extra tall in there at, at 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 ruck, but also someone in the forward line to be able to take a high mark. Now the other thing with the uh, three tall forward line. Jerry Steele has pointed out that he's not a fan of it. He thinks the forward pressure is a lot less. And it, it showed in that second half, allowing the Saints to, to move the ball out of defence way too easily. Uh, do mm. you subscribe to that? Or do you think it was other issues that caused I, the Saints? I, I take the point, and I agree to it, to, to, to about, I'll meet him about halfway, but the Suns simply didn't have enough inside fifties for that to carry that argument to carry full weight. So if the Suns had it, I think the Suns, from memory, it was something like forty-five forward, forward entries, which is okay, but it's not elite. Uh, if we had sixty forward entries and they and the score stayed the same, I would totally agree. But there just wasn't enough forward entries because if if you're getting forward entries and you're increasing the chances of a of a big mark for a big forward. You're going to get more goals. This is yeah. a really simple equation, and if you don't have any tall forwards, or you only have one and he's double teamed, or he's marked, he's marked, he's got their best defender on our best tall forward, you you, you, go, you get nowhere. So yeah, and Jory, you, you you know you make a really good point, and it's the argument against the three talls up forward, but it's not really three talls up forward. It's two and a half, and if we're getting flogged down the other end. Day goes back because we've got an undersized back line. So we can afford him. Mm. Okay. Well, we also had some other 
I wouldn't call them... There was one debut from the former Richmond player, Corey Ellis, and we had Calamachi return. Yeah, oh, great, great game by Cal. He'll get better, but, like, so classy, isn't he? Yeah, definitely. He uh, had 17 disposals at 94% efficiency, so... Yeah. Without doing <laughs> the exact math, that, that's got to be about 15 or 16 correct disposals uh, to yeah. to the Suns' advantage. Yeah. So, yeah, great return from Kalachi. And, you know, he, the, what was good to see about his performance, he was playing mainly forward. Yeah, and, and that there was that one run down the, down the sideline where it looked like he was just going to get caught with the ball for all money. And he just, easy as you like, slid out of the tackle. It was just like he was sort of on a training drill, it just did look that that easy that he just sort of you know, slid out of it and just turned around and just kept running and never stopped looking for where he was going to kick the ball. Like, he's just got such good awareness and ball use. He's really underrated. A lot of times he's either injured or out of favour or playing out of position. Um, I don't know if the forward line is where he lives think the wing is 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 where where he where he could really do some damage but at the moment our selection policy is is um it's all over the place we're trying things out we're, we're kind of like a a one-year trial see what we've got and what we can use and uh i don't think he was used to his potential but you know it's his first game back so he'll he's back in and it'll take a lot to knock him back out yeah, definitely. And I like the the ball use of uh, Corey Ellis. I thought he mm. looked sharp coming out of defence most of the time. And I think maybe he just doesn't have the quite the, the rapport with the other players just yet. So they, th- there were times when he didn't really know what they were going to do and they de- definitely didn't know what he was going to do. So it, it sort of broke down a little bit. But well, he, exactly. like, he really looks class. He, he's played a handful of NEFL games, and this is yeah. his first AFL game. So it's probably, in a way, it's probably his first game with yeah. a lot of the players that are regular for the Gold Coast Sun seniors. Exactly. Yeah, him and, him and Archie were, had a little bit of a combo in the NEFL, and, um, and you could see... I, I mean, for his first game for the Suns, Ellis has pretty much had the same game as Harbrow. <laughs> not a bad day. Harbrow wasn't as good as he was last week, and you know there are reasons for that. But and and he didn't have a bad game, you know. So if you're in, if you my my philosophy is if you if you're in the top ten players on the ground, you might name might not be in the best, but if you look at the stats and 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 and, and the performance on the day, Ellis is sort of in the conversation for being one of the better players because he's got a lot of the ball and. And um, if you look at the Suns, because the Saints had heaps more inside 50s, they weren't good on goal, but it was that combination of Harbs and Ellis and Weller, who I gave three votes to. Yeah, well, let's get into the votes. I had Miles with the three votes. I was really amazed at the way he went from potentially having one of his worst games last week to one of his best games this week. It's so different to, to the way he was playing last week. His disposal efficiency was up. He was hitting targets. He kicked a goal. He was really good for us. And uh, what a goal. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it could have been contributing to the winner if someone else had got up, but he was the one who stood up at, at the time, and the commentators weren't <laughs> weren't too confident, were they? No. Um, my second vote goes to Swallow. 
Uh, played a captain's game in and under contested possessions was his go-to. Uh, great performance from him. And one vote was for Lockie Weller. His creativity out of the back half really took the game on. And when the Suns were trying to get back in front in those dying seconds, he took the game on to try and get the ball down the down into our forward half. Oh, he was taking them, taking them on all game and really uh, using his skills just to evade that first tackler who comes belting in. And all too often we, we see our players sort of getting mown down or having an ineffective disposal when that coming happens. And he was just so classy. But um, all I could think of after the game was imagine if we had Rory Thompson, Sam Collins... Pierce Hanley, Lockie Weller, Jared Harbrow, and and um, who am I missing out? The, the, the uh, you know you name a player from Jack Bowes. That's a that's a Suns best twenty two list wide in defenders, and we just seem to be missing so many of the pieces to the puzzle. These guys did well, but they didn't do well enough to win the game. Yeah, and it's the the back line is is, is got to, unfortunately has got to be a part of the blame has sort of got to be apportioned, and and they in the end, a lot of the goals are on on the back line, um, you know, allowing those marks inside fifty not marking up. I know it's not a man on man game. We we we're not we're not going to get into those petty sort of you know squabbles about how the game's changed and if a loose player's loose, he's loose for a reason. But you do mark up. When you're when you're defending, and it just didn't quite come together, and I don't know if you can blame the midfield too because they seem to also have those players who are missing. What do you reckon about the mids? I thought our mids stood up. Uh, it was they, probably they, they did better, didn't they? I thought they did do better. As to, I mean, Jerry's asking why why we lost that lost the game. You know what was the difference in the second half? Stuart Jew in his post-match conference said that it was uh, breaking down between the forward 50 and the defensive 50 so he's clearly pointing the finger at the midfielders. Mm. I'm not quite sure what they were doing wrong Um, Mm. again I wasn't watching the game as closely as I normally do because of my eyesight but Mm. it seemed like like uh, you know Swallow and if anything it's probably we didn't have enough contributors you look at our midfield, Darcy McPherson had a poor day. It was really down to Swallow, Weller and Miles. Uh, mm. There weren't too many other midfielders that really stood up. Uh, Brody I, was I, solid I, I thought... without being fantastic. Uh, mm. it, I guess that might be the case. I think St Kilda's midfield was a bit too fast for us. They oh, Billings they were, they were and some of their players were just able to break away in the, mm. and just outrun our players a lot of the time. Yeah, I mean, that's where I'd rather see Lockie Weller playing in the midfield because at the playing on a halfback flank, he can sort of get to some of those cons because he's bloody fast. Um, Took Miller, he would have been in there tackling him before they got a chance to get it to the second receiver. Um, so, yeah, pace in the midfield, we're, we're, we're stuck for that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'd I don't know if we can... Like, in, in the stoppages, our midfield was better. Yeah, on and the, it comes down to... On the to... turnover or on the, on the loose ball, they seem to be getting away from those contests. 
Yeah, there's too many slow players in the side. and mm. Or let's say there's too many slow players in the midfield. I think our big problem has been injuries. We all know that. Yeah. And L- Lockie Weller's playing off half-back as of due to the injuries. If we had Pierce Handley in the side, uh, if we had Ellis in the side earlier in the season, Murdoch there, they're the sort of players that are playing off half-back, playing that Lockie Weller type of role. That would yeah. allow Weller to go up to a wing at the absolute minimum, but preferably be playing in the guts. So that's where I think the future for the Suns is. It's all about getting those injuries. I'd love to talk more about our injury issue, uh, but we're running out of time. We've got about a minute yeah. left. So yeah, I, I, I just want to say my, my three votes very, very quickly. Yeah, sure. Uh, so, so Wello, I go three votes because he was influential. Um, Swallow was, was, was just a fantastic. The only difference was he, uh, was his disposal efficiency was obviously not fantastic because he just keeps having to do those, those hurried kicks and, we we need we need to be able to give him a bit more space so he can kick it onto the chest of a player. Anyway, my my third vote uh, it could have been six players because I, I do think we had a good game. It was just disappointing. Uh, was was Sanday because he was a big difference maker, and we don't often have someone who can. We never have someone who can make such a difference without having you know thirty possessions. Yeah. So. All right. Okay, well, that will do us for this week's episode. We will be back next week, despite it being a bye. And next week's episode is going to be about a review of the season so far, what to look forward to, and we'd really love it if we can get questions from our listeners and fans because that's what's really going to drive that show. So next week is the listener question show, I guess. List questions and answers. All right, go yeah. Suns. Go Suns. If you've ever been a renter, you know it's stressful to find a place with everything you love and nothing you don't. But did you know Zillow does rentals? It makes the search so easy. They have filters for pretty much everything, so you can find that place that's in your budget, but also isn't a shoebox. Or a place that's close to your parents, but far enough they have to call first. Plus, it's easy to apply, request tours, and pay rent in the app. Head to ZillowRentals.com and find your sweet spot. Your AC works overtime all summer, so be sure to replace your old air filters with new Filtry air filters. They recommend updating HVAC filters at least every three months all year round. So order your Filtry air filters today at Filtry.com. Let's clear the air.